on BBC News, go on BBC News right now. And then like, it didn't even click, bro. I, I think, why, why, why? I've gone on the news. See that you that I saw in the chicken shop, bro? He died, bro. Like, he died, bro. One stab wound killed him. One stab wound, but what happened was where he stabbed him just under his left shoulder, it like, I think it hit a pul pulmonary vein. And I found out later when they caught, like, if you cut one of those, bleed out, you literally will bleed out. And my parents, they kept on applying for bail. So it's very hard to get bail for murder, but it's possible. Bear in mind, there was nine of us in jail for the one murder. Out of nine, four of us got bail because we were children. It's all about involvement in the crime. I've released a five-track EP. Um, it's called The Previous Life. It's out now. That's like my final... I named it The Previous Life because the bars, the lyrics I've written for them songs, I previously released all of them through jail videos. So you might see some of these freestyles scattered around. They might be on different instrumentals, but this is when I was in jail and I've redone all my songs, a lot of the viral songs. And yeah, I've called it The Previous Life because that was my previous life. And I feel like that's like how I've closed the chapter on all the jail stuff. And like music that I push out from today onwards is all gonna be like my current life. What's going on guys? This video is sponsored by Louis. Some of you know him on Insta as Loads, one of the best Instagram names, let me tell you that. Guys, Louis has been building online businesses for the last five to 10 years and he has spent the last five years coaching others one-to-one -one on how to start businesses. Louis's got over 2,000 profitable testimonials and guys, let me be honest with you, I wouldn't let someone sponsor the show who I didn't vouch for. So trust me, it's legit. Literally, just go send him a DM on Instagram, it's at Loads. All you gotta do is say to him, I come from the Blue Tick Show, help me make some money. And I know most of these people out there scams and there's plenty of people out there offering you millions and millions of pounds and stuff like that. Louis is one of the 1% who actually do it properly. Legitly, you don't need nothing. All you literally need is a phone and Wi-Fi. Send him a message and leave the rest to him. Guys, and if you want to know why I'm sitting here pushing it so much, it's because realistically, doing a nine to five ain't going to get you nowhere. And I know most people sit here and say this because they're getting some sort of commission for it and stuff like that, but I really ain't. I'm telling you as a good person, the host of the show, doing a nine to five ain't going to get you nowhere. So go message Louis, say you come from the boutique show, just ask Louis for the business model, let him do the explaining and let him explain to you how he can help you. I'll see you soon. What's going on guys and welcome back to the boutique show. Opposite me today, I've got cliche, just come out of prison after 12 years for a murder. First murder guest on the show. How are you, my brother? Yeah, I'm good, man. I'm blessed. Blessed to be here, man. 12 years. Long time. Very long time. How was it to start? Let's just ask a few questions to warm up the episode a little bit. Um, How was it? Like, In a nutshell, would you say? Bro, I'll, I'll be honest. It, it weren't easy. It weren't easy. People might look at me and think it, it looks like it was easy. He looks calm, but yeah, it was not easy. There was a lot of ups and downs, a lot of trials and tribulations, but... Yeah, we made it through, we made it through, man. Well, listen, viewers are here, they're tuned in. How old was you when you first got sentenced? So, when I was sentenced, I was sentenced in the Old Bailey. Um, I was 16 years old, and I was sentenced to 12 years HMP. Um, to break it down, 12 years HMP. HMP is a term they use called Her Majesty's Pleasure, and um, that's a sentence handed down to minors for murders, so people under the age of 18. Um, if I was 18 during the time of sentencing, I would have got something called discretionary life. And um, it's a bit different, yeah. With my sentence, you get you get like a halfway point, you get to apply for time off. They take a bit more consideration into your age, a bit more lenient, I'd say. So just to obviously let the viewers know who are already in the episode, it was a murder that happened. Mm, yeah. I don't want to dive into the story of the murder just yet. I want to make the viewers watch it a little bit before mm. we tell the story, but... Of course. Cliché. 
You're now 29 years old? Yeah, I turned 29 in August. Let's throw it back to your childhood a little bit before we tell the viewers what, they, what they're here to watch. Cool. Who are you? Um, I'm a... <laughs> I don't even have to say this. I'm a, where are you from? From uh, where, like, where, like, what area? country, area, so Lewisham originally. Brought up in Lewisham, yeah? Yeah, South East London. Yeah. How was that? Rough area? Yeah, fuck, fuck, yeah, it was a rough area if I keep it real. There's a lot of crime, there's a lot of poverty, um, a lot of gang, gangs, a lot of gang related things. But yeah, a lot of drugs. Family, like brothers, sisters? Family, how was yeah, it? I've got, I've got mum, dad, brother, I've got a little brother. Yeah, um, they weren't involved in all these things, obviously, but me, I kind of ended up going down a road of like getting caught up with gangs, crime, things like that. Just it kind of starts off as like a brotherhood, friends. The next thing you know, you're doing things for money, doing things for a rep, things like that. Yeah. So during school, you went to school, I'm guessing, right? School, yeah. I actually went to a grammar school, you know. Oh, for real? Yeah. So for those that don't know, grammar school means um, I had to sit an exam in year six. Um, it's called 11 plus. I passed the exam, and when you pass, you get to choose from like. Grammar schools within a certain range in your area. Um, I picked a school in Sidcup. It's called Chislehurst and Sidcup Grammar School. And um, you basically get to pick the top 10 best grammar schools in the country. I picked this school because I was into my sports. I actually used to run for an athletics club as well. Um, Black Keith from Bromley Harriers. Uh, at the time, that was my passion. I wanted to be an athlete. I wanted to I wanted to make it. I wanted to be in the Olympics, all of that. Um, someone that ran for my club, Dina Asher-Smith, she actually represents Great Britain oh, today. Wow. So, which is crazy. Madness. It's crazy knowing that. What, what was your, what was your hundred meter? 200 oh no, I was, I was a two. So the difference between hundred meters and two hundred meters, I felt like hundred meter sprinters. They are the explosive power. They are the strongest. I wasn't that strong. I was always a skinny kid, short. I was very good at two hundred meters because two hundred meters is a two hundred meter sprint, but it takes a bit of endurance to yeah. run for the whole bend. I was a two hundred meter sprinter. I also did 400 meter hurdles. That's another endurance because it's a sprint once again, but you have 10, um, 10 hurdles every 40 meters. And yeah. yeah, that was that was my thing. That was my two things, man. Yeah. So in school, you you was a good kid. Yeah, I was. I, Smart. I, I, I can't lie. I was I was bright even from primary school. So primary school, I went to a rough primary school, but um, I feel like I always had I always had brains. You know, I was always getting in trouble, but. I was always in top set. I was always a bright. I was I was that bright kid that was getting in trouble all the time. Yeah. Teachers would tell my parents, "This guy's getting all these grades." We expect more from him. We expect more from him. He's hanging around with these lot. He's you know what I mean. He's going down the wrong path. But yeah, overall, I'd say I was a bright kid, man. Yeah. Never naughty, basically. You maybe a little class clown. I'll be real with you. That's what it was. When I say naughty, I wasn't that kid that was hitting teachers. I wasn't doing madness. I was just I can't lie. Like if I got bored. I'm making everyone laugh and I'm getting yeah. sent out, but I didn't care. I, as long as I got my little ratings, everyone's laughing. You're good. Get me? That was my little thing. I was popular in that sense. I was the class clown. So yeah. obviously, a lot of things changed for you as you got a little bit older. Of course, yeah. And I say a little bit older, but you weren't much older. Nah, nah. I was actually. Um, how how I'll be going into the case? Well, or no, no. Listen, steps the, towards the case. Step, steps towards the case. Steps towards the, the case. You're in so, year six. So year six, done my exam, passed. I picked this sports grammar school, and school in Bexley year seven and I'll be honest with you it was it was mind-blowing for me because I came from a primary school in South East London kids ain't really got both parents single moms um a lot of kids talk about their dad just come out of jail things like that I didn't really come from a home like that I'll be honest with you like mom and dad still together dad was from Ghana mom's from Japan like you know what I'm saying Japanese upbringing it's Asian if, if you call it Asians, still Asia, but yeah. like, foods yeah. ten ten, yeah, foods ten ten, 
Gala okay as well, I suppose. Gala <laughs> okay. But yeah, like, it was a mad shock for me because I've come from a school, South East London, always rated low by Ofsted. I've gone to a grammar school, no black people. And it's not like, it's not like I didn't have white friends, but these weren't white people from the ends. These were white Posh people kids. from, yes, these are middle class white kids. These are kids that are hosting school parties just to show off their house, just to show off their games room, just to show off their swimming pool. And I'm thinking, rah, like, man's living in a two bed council house in ends and these lot got like three floors, swimming pool in the back and all this. So it, it was different, it was different. It was hard to, I can't lie, if I'm honest, it was hard to fit in. It was very hard to fit in. Like there was no one really from my background, but in a sense it humbled me and I kind of had to adjust, do you know what I mean? But I felt like I was always refining who do I fit in with, who do I fit in with? But over the years, I'd say like I, w I was getting popular. Like I say, that class clown carried on to secondary school and I was doing it in a different environment now. And I feel like the jokes had to change a bit, but I always made sure like I was liked by everyone. I was quite popular. What was, what was your friendship circle like at that point? So my friendship circle uh, in secondary school. Yeah. Uh, so in secondary school, I still knew people from my area, um, from my previous primary school, but I had like a new set of friends. Um, they were, so I had a new set of friends that were from London. Like they weren't from Kent, they were from London, but they weren't from my background. Not even from my background. They weren't from the ends, if that yeah, makes sense. Yeah, good kids. But I found friends that were into rap, into fashion. My days, new era hats, that was the thing. Yeah. So every non-school uniform day, we always bought new new era hats. We used to get laughed at by all these middle-class kids saying, look at these lot, getting chavs. We got called chavs. I was thinking, bruv, no one's called me a chav. <laughs> you know what I mean? In ends, chavs yeah. is them Burberry wearing Deodora tracksuit guys, but they're calling us chavs. But yeah, it's very different. But I had, I had a good set of friends. Um, did you enjoy school? I'll be honest with you, I did, I did. But it's mad because I didn't enjoy it thinking, yeah, I'm gonna get good A-levels, good GCs. I enjoyed it because like, it was just, it was it was all a joke to me. But when it comes to exams, I always smashed it and I was always doing well at school. So as a kid, you wanted to be an athlete? So I wanted to be an athlete. Um, I liked drama as well, I was very good at drama. I even studied GCSE drama. I was in like a lot of school productions. I was actually one of the main characters in like a big production we done called DNA. Um, I even did drama at primary school as well, Lion King. Um, <laughs> Lion King, what was the other one? There was, there was a few, Nativity, all of that, Nativity. Yeah, I, was always, I was always that performer guy. I was always that stand-up guy, yeah. So what changed? So what changed? Well, for me, I just feel like, if I'm honest, there was a lot going, home, going on at home. Um, I felt like my parents were having issues with their marriage, things like that. And obviously, like, as you know, like, when parents are having issues with their marriage, it's kind of hard to really keep up with what's going on with your kids. Um, obviously I told you I had a little brother, he was a lot younger than me, he was about five, four, five years, he's four years younger than me, sorry. But um, me at this point, I'm year seven, year eight, I'm 11, I'm 12, I'm growing up, but I'm going out now because obviously when you go to school, you're traveling, I'm getting yeah. trained, I'm, I'm not on road, but I'm out now, innit? I'm not at home all day getting picked up by my mom. So as you get about in the ends, you meet certain people, you start mixing with certain people, you started, you know, it all start off as a head nod. Oh, gone. Good? Yeah, you good. People get familiar. Hey, come, 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 chat. What are you saying, big man? Da, 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 da. Little man at the time, actually. I don't know why I said big man. I was a little man. But yeah, we say a little man, come. And then, yeah, like, eventually, like I say, parents having issues with their relationship, marriage, and it's like a lot of arguments going on. And I only really realised it now as an adult, but parents arguing in a household, especially when you've seen them happy all your life, it's kind of like, it, it fucks your head, it yeah. messes your mind. And like, 
I think it can be quite traumatic. I'm not like my parents, my mum never got beat, my dad never put hands on her or anything, but a lot of the arguing is, is very unhealthy. And as a child, like always hearing shouting and arguing and you know, like that, not talking, like the cold shoulder treatment yeah. between my mum and my dad, it just weren't healthy. Tension so in the household. Yeah, there's a lot of tension, it wasn't nice. So all of them things basically kind of led to me wanting to be out. I was always a kid, like I just wanted to be out, like not even on road. I wasn't on road doing nothing mad. I wasn't even rolling with road youths, but I just wanted to be out. It's like, I wanted to play run outs. I wanted to go this, like, I wanted to go, let's go draw some gal. This was back in the day. This wasn't even social media days, bro. This is yeah. Nokia phones. You had to go and draw girls these days. You had to go, let's go chirps. That was the word, chirps. So man's just always out. I'm always doing these things. And slowly, slowly, it's like, I'm just seeing different things happen in the ends. I'm seeing crime. I'm seeing man with money. I'm seeing people like just doing their thing in the ends. And the thing about like London, as you'll know, is like, you can be from different areas. There's different role models in different areas. Posh areas, middle-class areas. The role models might be like, the kid that's, I don't know, the trust fund kid that's been on this program yeah, or the kid that's got the scholarship to go here. In the ends, the people that I looked up to are the youths with the peas, yeah, the, the youths dealers. that have mashed the most work, the drug dealers, the violent youths, the youths that have gone to jail, they're getting looked up to. So as a kid, when you're seeing all these things and these are the men that are getting girls, it makes you think, raw like, I need to be like that. I need to be a somebody. I was a it's somebody mad how when you're a kid, we think like that, isn't it? It's crazy, bro. Like at school, I was that guy. On road, I'm seeing these men and they're the guys and they're, they're the, the girl are chasing them. Yeah. I used to think, rah, like, man needs to get what I've got at school on the roads. That's what I wanted. And it's like, slowly, slowly, I'm trying to get in there. I'm trying to, I'm trying to, I'm trying to get seen. I'm trying to be seen with these youths. So when I'm seen, they're like, oh, that's my man. Was you, did you ever get involved in, in like crime? Crime. So I'd say around like 14, 13, 13, I'd say, I'd started like, we started doing like little street robberies, things like that. Like, and I said, I what say, friends was that with though? So that was with like people from my area, so like from my previous friends from school. Um, and I'll be real with you, like we didn't even really do it for money. Like we weren't really making money because, but making money, but we're doing it because we just felt like, yeah, like, we can't like we do oldest. this? And like, it, 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 like people know, yeah, them man, them man are on stuff. They're, they're little young G's, they're 13 year olds, they're doing things, man. They're robbing youths. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, we're getting recognised, like, yeah, them man are doing things. And we just wanted to let older youths know, older boys know in our area, like, like, we can roll, like, we're on stuff too. Like, we can do these little things, you know what I'm saying? And me, I'll be honest, being a light-skinned guy, half Japanese, when you're from a black area, it's like, the light-skinned, being white is hard, but being light-skinned, Man, I'm like, who's this light skin? You, you're not you're like. So I always felt like man had something to prove. Like I always felt like, nah, man's got to, got to really show. I felt like the black youths they got accepted straight away. Yeah, the darker yeah. you are, yeah, he's a savage. Let's bring him in. He's got dreads. Let's bring him in. For me, I always felt like, nah, man's got to, I got to show myself up a bit more. I got to try to do a bit more. So slowly, slowly, man's doing phone robberies. Man's doing like stealing from shops. Doing just doing little things. But did your mum dad ever find out? No, nah, they never found out. But um. They never. Do you know what's crazy? They never found out. They didn't even know. They, they didn't, didn't even know. Think it. his attitude's changing. He's becoming nah, a bit more rebellious. because because you know what it is. Yeah, they probably thought my attitude was changing, but like I say, like they weren't. My parents. So my dad's from Ghana. 
he's first generation, meaning like he came here when he was like 10 years old. Yo, that's strict. Do you get it? So he's, uh, he was strict. Don't get it. He was strict. <laughs> he was strict. I, I, I got licked. I got licked for Bro, a lot I, of things. I had one friend in school. Mm-hmm. He got a detention mm-hmm. and they sent him back to Ghana. Yeah, that's what I'm yeah, <laughs> He got a detention. He wasn't that strict. I can't like, he was strict, but yeah, that, that's just wild. That's he just, was my best mate in that's school. When he comes, he was like, oh, yo, <laughs> I'm going back to boarding school yeah, in Ghana. That's, nah, that's I was like, why? We all thought it was joking. Yeah, yeah. Brother went back home to Ghana for born this yeah, school. Yeah, that nah, that's crazy, bro. But like, nah, my, like, my parents was like, my dad was strict, but like I say, what goes on out there, I don't bring that into the house. Do you yeah, get what I'm saying? You can't. Man can't, but I wasn't. So everyone's oblivious. I'm just, whatever's going on out there. And then it's like, over time, I feel like I'm going out more now. Like it, got, it went from going out on the weekends to weekdays. Like I'm go to school. So in the day, it's like, I look, I look back, it's like I was living a double life. Like, I wake up in the morning, 7.46 train. I'll never forget, that was my, my train. It'll get me to school just before, like, I wouldn't be early, I'm just on time. Always rolling in, just on time. 7.46, boom, man's in Bexley, guy in school. Come home, school's finished at three, sorry. Come home, get in for like four, get changed. Blazer comes off, shirt, Wallabies comes off. Black Air Forces come on. Black Tracky comes on. Night gums come on. Puffer jacket comes on. It's almost like grammar school by day, on the roads by night. And it's like, over time, I'm coming home later now because back in the day, 7, 12, I'll be home, I'll be home at like 7 p.m. Over the years, I'm coming home 9. Sometimes I'm coming home at 1 a.m. These times I got school the next day. But it's like, where there's so much going on at home between my parents, my dad's always out. He's working, but he's just always out. My mom's going through what she's going through. She's working, but she works from home. She works like online on her laptop. And it's like, they didn't really notice or pick up like attitudes changing, if yeah. that makes sense. I'm high and by, I'm moving correct in the household. But when I step out with a man, then man's a different guy. So over time, I realized like man was getting deeper and deeper and deeper. And it's like, it started off with chilling with man my age. Then eventually I'm getting introduced to older man that are doing bigger things. And that's basically like, I just that's the road I basically end up going down. Which and is, then once you're in that life, you're in that life. Already, once you, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Once you're in that life, it's almost like, I used to go shopping with my family in year seven, in year eight. Hit year 10, I'm not going nowhere with my family because number one, I'm meant to be rolling with them, man. How can I be going now. shopping with my family? That's that's not cool. That's not gangster, bro. Like, that's the immature mentality I had. And that secondly, when man's got issues with people from other areas, I can't be seen in my mum. That's what am I going to do? Run off and leave her? That's crazy. Am I going to stand there and defend her? So to save to keep the safety of my family, I basically had to like disconnect from them and do my own thing. And yeah, looking back now, that's when I start to realize man, I was just getting deeper and deeper so and like, deeper in the roads. When we're talking about you getting deeper and deeper in the roads, what mm. would you say, what was you really doing at this point? At, at the age really of like 13, 14, so what 13, kind of crimes? 14, so like, so them days there, like it's mad saying it now because these things don't happen anymore, but the phone robbery thing was mad. This is happy slap era. What was you this, doing? Pulling so out, did you have knives on you? We just, nah, we, we didn't even have knives, but we literally just like, there'll be like a group of us, we might see a couple kids. Like these are the days where Walkmans were popping. Yeah, and yeah. sort of Shake, Sony X or Walkman, the black and white one, the slide, all of that, the shake, the slide, the swivel. And they, they were the phones that were like popping at the time. Like if you had that, you was that guy. And we'd literally just like a group of us, we'd just go up to Utes, like, what's good, what's good? Like, we'd just be taking forms, this and that. And like, that was always like a win for Who us. Who were you selling them to? Selling them to, oh, we used to sell them to, we call him Boss Man in, in, um, in a place called Catford. So this is a Boss Man, he would accept stolen phones. And little did we know, we were thinking, why is this guy taking this phone? It's blocked. Yeah. But he's paying us change 
Like, the phone could be worth £200, £150. He's paying us £40. To us, it's worth nothing. It's blocked. But what we didn't know, he's sending that back to Pakistan. And when you take a phone to another region in the, in the world, it, it, it's, un, it's, it's unblocked. So that's what we didn't know. But Bossman was always taking it. He knew what was going on. But like I say, it's, he's not doing it. He, he's just he's making his peas, and he's doing his little thing. But yeah, Bossman was always buying it. And that was the start. As I got a bit older, man's like running weed for, for the olders now. Man's running a bit of weed. Um, I keep it 100, bro. I wasn't even getting paid. How about that? I wasn't even getting paid, bro. Man, man are telling me, yeah, man's got you. Man's got you, like, yeah, I got you, I got you. What, you want a tracksuit? You, you, you want 90s, Air Max? Yeah, man's got you. Bro, I heard the same shit weekly, and I think, bro, how comes I'm not getting paid? And it made sense, because before I'd done all this, I got given the line by a youth a bit older than me, and he was so happy to hand me that line. <laughs> and I found out he weren't getting paid, yeah. but it's a thing where... Man can't really say no because man's involved now in this like man can't say no, bro. Like well, I could, but I'm not really I'm not willing to go through what man's about like that's long. It is what it is. So man's just doing these things, taking these risks, hitting cells here, there, here, there. You ever get nicked? Man wouldn't even get paid. No, I never got nicked, you know, I never got nicked. I feel like that's because of how I carry myself. I never really I didn't run around in groups when I had drugs on me. I just think that's stupid. When I'm doing my little cells, I'm always one up. And I wasn't really known to the police. Obviously, I wasn't really involved. I wasn't a known criminal them times. Yeah. Do you get what I'm saying? So I always cut true. And like I say, it went from shotting to rolling with the man them now. Man's rolling now. So man's literally posted up with youths that have beef, going places with youths that have beef. And I realised like when I got to this point, I couldn't literally be around my family at all because I'm putting them in serious danger now because... My, my, so you got serious ops at this point? It's like, basically, yeah, basically. Like and, and the reason I say basically is because I, if I keep it 100, bro, I, I jumped on a bandwagon. I literally jumped on a bandwagon. I can't, I can honestly say these youths that I was beefing, I don't even know them, bro. They've never done nothing to me. They ain't done nothing to me. But because of my one friend that I was rolling with hard, he was like my best friend because he's involved and he got rushed one time. He got beat up by these youths. From that day, I said, yeah, I'm onto them. I don't even know them. They don't even know me. There's a few times I might have chased man here, chased man there, whatever. They didn't even know who I was, but I was there. And it's almost like a lot of trauma and a lot of pain that I carried from my childhood. I needed some sort of outlet. Do you get what I'm saying? I need an outlet. So if man is saying, yo, can we go to this party? We might see them. We might we can go crap, beat them up, whatever. I'm on it because I, I need to release, bro. Like I didn't take drugs. I used to run for the club. I was... Strictly no drugs, no smoking. I didn't even want to touch a cigarette. I, swear. I didn't even drink. I'm sober. I wanted to be an athlete, but at the same time, man's got a lot of pain that man wanted to outlet, and I felt like that's how I got so deep in the roads. I just wanted to just, just, gee, I just wanted to just get out there, man. I wanted to just fucking do something. I just wanted to, do you know what I'm saying? But I think that comes from obviously not to blame family, of course, but because mm -hmm. they were so busy arguing with mm -hmm. in their situations, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. they didn't look back at you and think, they didn't well, look what back. Is, what's going on with you? That's what I'm saying. And like I say, look, I wasn't, I, I was naughty as a kid, but I wasn't, I wasn't a mad naughty kid. You never even gave him a reason to, to keep get there. it. So they wouldn't know what's going on. Do you know what I'm saying? I'm getting good grades, bro. How can I be yeah. naughty? How can I be doing things? I'm, I'm smashing it, bro. I'm thinking, yeah, he's just out with the boys having fun. Do you know what I'm saying? They didn't even know that. I just said, I'm thinking, my man, these times I'm with <laughs> the man them, man them. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, so you, you was deep involved in it at one yeah. point. Yeah. So I'd say like f f 15, 
is when I'd say like, that's when my Facebook name changed. Man's putting the gang letters in my Facebook name. That's For when real? I say, yeah, man was involved. That's when people from my school, my grammar school, they're on my Facebook, obviously, and they're thinking, rah, like, what's all this bandana did business? Friendship, did your friendship circle change? Uh, at my school? Yeah, did people start looking at you differently in the but, sense um, of? People, I wouldn't say they looked at me differently, but I think they started to see like, Yo, he's rolling with some youths that just look mad, like some mad looking geezers. Like I got, see- I never forget. I got seen one time. Um, this is a, one of my friends. He was in my science class. He's a proper good friend. Like he was in my year seven, year eight, year nine. He's with his girl late night. Um, on shopping centre called Bromley. He's with his girl. I was with about twenty man, bro. Yeah, and I think we was literally like riding out, and like we got on a bus. And as we all got on a bus, obviously, bare man have got their hoods up. This is the back in the day. Certain man do it now, bandana days, all of that. Man have got bandanas on. And I bopped on a bus, I bopped on a bus. He's with his girlfriend, us. Like, I didn't even see him. He just shouted my surname. Obviously, man's not going to say my surname. He shouted out my surname. He's like, yo. And I've looked at him, and I've, I don't know, and I nodded at him, but he was like, I could see it. He's thinking, what is going on here, bro? Like, how did you how feel you when you saw him, him and you're with all the boys? I can't lie, like, because it's either of two me, ways. Me, have, <laughs> it's, it's one of two ways. You either thought, yeah, I'm the man, yeah. what? Yeah, or yeah, you're yeah. like, fuck. <laughs> I can't lie. I can't lie. It's, it's, it's immature of man, but I, bro, I felt like a G, bro. Yeah. I felt like a G because like I say, like, no one really knew That's who it. man's rolling with out of school. No one knew what man's involved with out of school. Like, I, mean, I never mixed them. The boys you was with yeah. on the road, were they ro- well respected? Yeah, they were not. Like they were not. Yeah. They, they'd all been Joe at 13, 14. They had names in the areas. They were like, yeah, they were They were serious youths. Like, there was a point where, like, early days, I'll keep it real, like, I didn't even feel comfortable rolling with them. Oh, but I felt real. safe because I knew what these men were on. I was, I felt safe. Were they all carrying weapons? But there was times, yeah, a lot of, t- a lot of times there was weapons. I can't lie. There was a lot of times there was weapons. And it's just the fact that I knew the potential of these youths. So man felt safe, but at the same time, I always felt like, imagine if like I said the wrong thing or I annoyed man, one of them. It's like, it could have gone left, bro. It could have gone really left. So it was a weird one. It's always like my blood, like man was anxious as hell, but I felt comfy because man's with some steppers. I was with some steppers. Yeah. yeah. So now let's dive into the case. Okay. To let people know what we're about to talk about. This is the main case where obviously you went to case. prison for murder. Yeah. Talk us through what happened that day. So... I start taking back from the start. This was just a normal day for me. Gone to school, finished school at like 3 p.m. But I think before I finished school, I had some texts from one of my boys and he's like, yo, ring man, ring man, ring me. So I thought, right, like, it just, it was just, it was a bit odd. Like, it was like three texts saying, ring me, ring me, yo, ring me. Finished school. And I remember like, bear in mind, I'm in uniform. Finished school, I rang him. My man's like, oh, I then man come to my school. So remember, I'm going to school in Kent. I'm going to school off ends, Bexley. These men are in school in ends, like in Lewisham. They're like, oh, some youths just come up to us at school. Like, youths from that side, from them sides, youths just come up to us. Yeah, they're talking about, oh, you man it on nothing. Boom, boom, boom. You man need to come our ends. You man need to come, come link, man. But I found out later on in trial through CCTV, literally these youths came hooded up, blacked out, hands in their waists, like, like literally trying to stick yeah. it on my bridges. And like, as this is all going on, school teachers are there, girls are there, friends are there, but 
these two youths that approached my friends, they were like, they were known youths. They were, they were, they've, they've done things. They've known youths. So everyone's scared. The teachers are scared. Everyone's scared because they're thinking they're known in that area. They're like, yo, why are these men confronting these men? I only saw this later on in trial, CCTV. But these men just told me, yo, these men try to come to the school. Fuck that. We're going there. We're going there. Fuck that. So then, cool. I've hung up. And from literally from school, I got a train straight to back to South London and I linked them in my area. These men have told me the lowdown, yo, these men come to our school, da da da, something needs to get done, something needs to get done. So I'm there, like, raw, right, cool, it is what it is, like, go see them. Like, a lot of times in the past where man's gone to other areas, nothing's, no one's ever been stabbed, no one's been shot. I'm not naive, like, things have happened, yeah. but it's never happened when I've been there. I've never, you get it, I've never seen this happen. So, cool, it is what it is, let's go along, let's go along, cool. Next thing you know, a couple more men have linked us. There's about, there's about seven, no, 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 about four of us now. And these are Oyster card days. I don't know if they, do they still do Oyster nowadays? I don't know, I think so, I don't know. Like, but this is underage Oyster, this is the kids thing, free thing. We've, we've all tapped up, we've all got on a bus, like CCTV. So now there's four of you in total? So there's four of us in total, and we've gone to this area that we said we was gonna head out to. And when we've got there, there's three men that were already there, like not, where the Utes that Your were going. boys or their boys? No, my boys. So not, there's seven of you total So now there's seven. And then like 10, 15 minutes later, there's two more Utes that have just come. Like, I know these Utes, but they're not Utes that we would go to beef with. Like We wouldn't say, yo, let's go. They're yeah. just little kids from the ends. But this is what I'm saying about the culture in London and people wanting to just be there with the guys. Like That was me when I started off. I wanted to be there. These little little youths, innocent youths. I'll say they're innocent. How are we talking? Bro, one was 13 and his cousin that was there was 14. And when I say they were little youths, I was only 15. But as you know, when you're 13 and 14 and 15, that year gap is a big yeah. difference, bro. Maturity, size, even voice. They might sound like girls. They might have squeaky, high-pitched voices. Now there's nine in total. Cool. There's nine of us now. We're starting to make our way like to the main bit where we know they might be posted up. Boom gone to like a high road, we're walking, we're walking. And like back in the day, there was a thing where, um, you know, like not, so nowadays everyone wears these little ballies that are, they call them the shiesties, isn't it? That cover yeah, that, yeah. and you can do that. Now we're wearing balaclavas, like with Proper this, balaclavas, the, yeah. you get me like the, the bank rubber thing. But we, but the thing was, the fashion was to roll it up like a woolly hat. And when it's that time, you can just sling okay. it down, get it. But we see free use. They just come out of an off license. That's how it's looking. They come out off license, but we just see them posted with their things rolled up. And I, and before I even said react, and I, everyone started running towards them. I was like, what, what, what? Everyone's running towards them. So cool, man, just running, pff, running. These youths have left their bikes. They ran across a road. There's like a so imagine we're on a high road at the bottom. They're at the end. They've just come out of shop. They've ran across the road and then they just disappeared. So I'm running with a group saying, cool, we're riding out. Let's go, boom. We're running up. Listen, man's hit a fence. The fence is to a park. There's a massive park. Hit the fence. And I swear to God, when I got to the fence, my heart, I just remember seeing them three youths are running towards their group. Bro. Their group, there was like 15 of them, like 15, 16 of them. And what I forgot to tell you, I'm 15, but these youths that we were like going to go confront, bro, they were like 18, 19, oh, 17. Ones. They were big youths, bro. Their height, their weight, everything was just... Man's well, 15 lost. to 18 if it's different. E even, even on a two-on-one, bro, like, we, we've lost, bro. They're, they're big Utes. And I just see them run into, like, a massive group of Utes. That's their little clique. Squad. And I remember thinking, yo, I hit the fence. I was like, yo. But my brethren's already hopped over. They're like, I come. 
Hey, come, come. So I thought, fuck it, now. fuck it, is what it is. Let's go, let's go. Man's hopped over. These youths are blowing, but the youths that um was a bit thinking, whoa, they're blowing. They're all blowing. So I'm looking at it as safe. Yeah, we're all going, we're in it. Like, we don't have to do nothing now. You're running. We've won. Like, say, if we just chase you off, bro. But these men are running. What I don't understand, as we're running, I'm seeing objects flying, bro. Objects come left, right, centre. I'm thinking, right, what's all this, bro? They're throwing knives, bro. I was thinking, right, like... They're throwing knives. They're throwing knives. This is a mad thing. Yeah, bro, they're throwing knives, like, behind. I don't know, like... To this day, I don't know why they've done it. I don't know if it was a setup. I don't know what it was, bro. But I'm seeing bare kitchen knives getting flung all over the place. So I'm saying, cool. So I'm running, but like, like man, man's adrenaline's on 100. Like, I'm not at the front of the group, so it's mad to say this, but like, I ain't getting hurt because I, I ain't in the front, bro. <laughs> like, if they do spin round, I'm off. Remember, I'm fast, bro. Athletics, I'm yeah. off. Get okay. it? But these men have caught, they've left. And then, like, we just took it as a win. We went to the ends. We ducked them out, made it look like donuts, basically. You get me? This is broad daylight. This is, this was in May 2010. This was on a hot summer's day. Um, so, yeah, we took it as a win safe. They've ran. We've done our thing. That's what it is. Because back in the day, there was a culture of ducking man down, ducking man out. And, like, that was a win. I can't lie. Like, if we go to your block, if we go to your area, and we chase you off and you run, we've won. Everyone's going to know. Yeah, hey, they got 100%. chased that, especially when we're younger, especially when there's, like, Less than half of there's less there's less of us, bro. Bear in mind them two youths that came with us. Then they're, they're not even involved, bro. They were just they didn't even run like that. They weren't even they. they I think they got scared, scared. They stood their ground. So there's seven of us ducking down. I got 20, 18 man. Let's say 18 man. They've cut out. We're in the park now and we're just chilling. I think we was all just bussing, having jokes. You're like, in their park. They were in their ends, in their ends. Like we so just, just decided let's chill in their ends. We didn't even chill. Like it wasn't. We were just stood around like. Like, we were just laughing, like, yeah, we were just simple. laughing, like, man's heart is just like, yeah, so you saying, like, boom, like, we're satisfied, we're, fuck it, we're satisfied, man can go home, bro, we're leaving the park, all I hear was the loudest, bear in mind, I'm 15, man, my voice was not like this, all I hear is, I pussios, I'll never forget, I just heard, I pussios, I just remember, like, what the fuck, hey, man's turn around, bro, I recognise some of the youths, it was some of them, but this time they came back ready. They were ready, bro. I'm seeing samurais. I'm seeing, so like, one you had the main you. He had like a samurai in one hand. He had a knife in another. I'm seeing another you with something long. I think it was like a bat. Couple youths had shanks. Couple youths had like sticks. But these men looked ready because it's almost like they were caught off guard the first yeah. time. I don't know how long. Like, I'd say it was in a part like five, ten minutes. They've run out. Remember, not the whole group's come back, but they've come back armed, like, but they're ready for man this time. Like, that pussy, yo, the, the way he shouted, pussy, yo, you bruv, know it's good time. man knew, sh yo, it's not a chasing thing now, it's, it's different now, innit? And like, turned around, confronted by them, they're like, yeah, what you man saying? What How close saying are they now? at this point? Bro, so at this point, like, they're, they're still a good, they're still a good while away. They're like a good, I'd say like, I'd say like a good 100 metres, okay, good 100 okay. metres old. You still Realis got time realistically, to get out of there, basically. If they was to, Dark tools, man. I, I've got time to just, I've got time to fly out. But, like I say, man's involved. I'm there. I'm in the moment. I'm not going to run off and be known as the guy that ran off. I'm not going to, do you get it? I just have to stand my ground. It is where it is. And it's like, hella weapons all over the place. I keep it real. Man was scared, bro. I was scared, bro. Like, at the end of the day, man can act and talk bad and this and that, bro. I was scared, bro. Like I say, these are bigger youths. And these are serious youths. Like I say, these men, they have names, bro. They have names. They're known for certain things. 
So man's there like, bro, like, oh shit, this this is wild. The first thing I done instantly, I see one of the knives, I pick one up. I felt better, I felt cool. I got something now, innit? Because these men have got, but, but at the end of the day, they got long ones, bro. Like, they don't have to get as close, but I had something, had something, I had something, I got it. There's a lot of back and forth in, like, a lot of shouting, you man come, uh, you man come, you man I wash, you man come. It reminded me of them, um, you know, Green Street, you know, that, that hooliganism shit when they're like, oi, come on in, come on in. Literally like that. I think that went on for a good eight minutes. I can't lie, like, there was a, no one was really trying to make that first, like, everyone's geared up and ready, but, no one's really trying to make that first. And then someone from my group, I remember, he just said, you man, fuck that. I fuck that. He just started running at them. Man, man all, he, all he had was a, um, I think it was a table leg that them man dashed, like the first chase, them man dashed the table leg. He said, I fuck that. He just started running towards them. Straight away, pack mentality. Everyone started running. At the same time, I thought, cool, man's running. Man's running, man's running, man's running. These man, once again, they've left the park again. We've ducked them out. And at this point, man's ran them all the way out of the park, got to the very end of the road. And that was our win, our second win. But this win felt better because you man come back for us and we ducked you man out again. Cool. All this is going on. Man's come out of the park. But then I've clocked, like, they've left their bikes. So me and one of my brethren, we said, fuck, let's take their bikes, man. Let's I'll be right. I didn't even have a bike, bro. Like, I was gassed. A mountain bike, big thing. Let's take that. Picked it up. And then it just didn't seem realistic. What, am I going to cycle back to the ends? That was a long bus journey. Man, really going to cycle? Like I say, I didn't have a bike, bro. I'm not even that confident riding bikes, bro. So I picked up, dashed it. I've turned around now. I'm looking back into the park that I've just I've just basically left to just, you know, to chase these youths out. And as I've looked back, my group's got a lot smaller, like, and people are scattered in all over the place. They're scattered in different directions. And I remember, like, everyone's pretty much heading in, like, everyone's scattered all over the place. There's a few people that like, at the time I found out later on they left. Like I couldn't see them because the park is a, it was measured. It was 220 meters long, so the park's a very big park. It's broad daylight, and another thing as well. When all this is kicking off, listen, there's like a hundred witnesses, bro. All the shops on the high road, everyone in the shops had come out on the pavement to watch like some football match. All the people in the tower blocks are all at their windows. You see, if this was like today. There would have been so many vip, bro. It would have been mental, bro. But it wasn't. It wasn't them days, innit? This was Blackberry days, and like, there's just so many people. It's broad daylight, happening in such an open park, and like, I clocked like, raw, like, everyone's kind of leaving. Everyone's kind of in different places. And remember, like, I'm, I'm like at the road now where these youths have ran off. This ain't my area. We've just violated them. We chased them out, bro. It's time for me to leave. Everyone's leaving. I thought, cool. And I started leaving. Me and my boy with a bike, he's still on his bike. He's, he's really taking that bike. He's definitely, he's got a nice big bike. He's taking that. He's started cycling. I've started jogging. I've left the park now, but as I've left the park, I remember seeing like some movement at, um, there was a chicken shop. I see a bit of movement and I've looked and then I see like one of the boys that was previously there. Um, I don't know if he was there in the first chase when we chased him, but I remember seeing him. He came back with the, with the youths that were on. And I remember seeing him, but he was in a chicken shop, but he was kind of like, he, it's like he'd barricaded, he'd barricaded himself. And I was, I, I seen him, but I can't lie, I, didn't think, I just didn't think nothing of it. Like, like I say, I'm here for my boy, my one, I wasn't here for the man them, I was here for my one boy. He's already running off, the group's already going. I've seen this guy, whatever, innit? Man's cutting, I'm leaving, I'm leaving, I'm leaving. Uh, everyone's gone in different directions. Certain men have jumped on a bus. 
Um, me and my other boy, like my main boy that I even came for, he said, yo, let's go a different way. Let's just walk. Yeah, cool. We've walked. We've ended up walking up a road. We're walking, we're walking. And I never, oh yeah, sorry, I forgot to say this year, that knife never left my hand, you know? Like, so I picked up the knife. I've chased that group. This is the second chase. I've chased them. They've run off. I've still got the knife. And it's like, it's so mad because man was on autopilot where even when I left the park, I still had the knife. I, I, I forgot, I just forgot I had the knife. Obviously, I think at the time, I didn't feel, I didn't want to leave it. Like, I'd just yeah, been okay. faced with a mad thing, bro. Like, I wasn't trying to leave it. And it's like, all these witnesses, all these people in the street, people literally left their haircuts, mid-haircut, to come out with their- Gowns on. Their right. gowns on, just watching in, in like, what the fuck, bro? And I didn't think nothing of it, man's running. But I'm just, I'm not really trying to leave. I'm, I'm trying to catch up with my brethren's, bro. Like, I'm not, being secluded, like I'm fuck, like I'm not getting caught by what I just seen. I'm running, but I still got the knife. I'm walking with my boy. By this time, I've um, I've kind of like, I've, I've, what did I do? I've, I've threw the knife. I've, there's too many witnesses. Like everyone saw me with the knife. When I realised I've still got the knife, I thought, oh, this is mad. I've thrown it into some like skip, some skip yard, some junkyard thing. But I did it in front of everyone, bro. Like everyone at the bus stop, everyone in. I just, I just flung it. I just didn't want to have it on me. Yeah. Like it just looks mad, bro, for obvious reasons. And like, yeah, me and my boy, we've walked off in a different direction. We're walking, we're walking, we're walking. And I swear to God, yeah, this whole chasing back and forth thing in the park, this was going on for a good 20 minutes. No police, like police come quick, but for some reason they just hadn't come. When we were leaving, boy, my heart, I could hear sirens from a mile away. But when we started to see the vehicles, there was bully vans on bully vans on bully vans, TSG, you know, like the yeah. navy blue ones. The bully vans, police cars, there just hella cars coming, hella cars coming. And I was thinking, oh my days, oh my days, oh my days, oh my days. Like, but I didn't have nothing on me. I didn't I didn't have nothing on me. They've gone past us. Remember, they've they've probably been called like, a group of kids with swords. I'm just remember, bear in mind, I'm in my uniform, bro. Like, by this point, like, it's I'm looking lidge now. Me and my boy were in uniform. I wasn't even in trainers, bro. This whole incident that took place, I was in Marks and Spencer's trousers, a white shirt. Blazer, I used to wear purple blazer, bro. Bright purple blazer. Man's just walking, walking, walking. And then when the police went past us, I just felt like, you know what? This is very hot. Like we're still in the ends. Now we're two up. We're two man up. Before it was nine man, now we're two man up. And then I remember there was a bus coming towards us. All we could hear was bam, 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 bam. And then we thought, oh shit, that's them, that's them, that's them. But when we've looked, it's man's bridgings that had cut off earlier. They'd gone in separate routes. We got on the bus now, but the bus is crowded. Like they're all sat at the back. Me and my boy. We're just at the front. Um, the bus journey is like 20 minutes, 15 minutes. We've got back to the ends. When we got off at the ends, everyone's got off. And then like, before I spoke, before my bridging spoke, obviously you can imagine bro, like man's, I wouldn't, it, it might have been shock. I can't lie, it might have been shock. It was a mad thing. It was a madness bro. Like, but that bus journey had time to ease. Got off the bus and then man are like, oh, yo, my man got touched, you know? I said, who? He's like, didn't you see that you? He got touched. I said, swear down. And then I swear to God, like, I heard he got touched, but I didn't really think nothing of it because no one said who done what. No one said he got, no, man didn't even say he got stabbed. I just heard he got touched. Touch could mean anything. Touch could mean he got banged, he got whacked. We've all gone home our separate ways. Me and my boy, the one boy that I was with, we went home. He lives a bit near me. Everyone's gone in different directions. Everyone's gone home. I remember getting a phone call like two hours later. Yo, go on BBC News. Go on BBC News right now. And then like, it didn't even click, bro. I, I'm thinking, why, why, why? I've gone on the news. See that youth that I saw in the chicken shop? Bro, he died, bro. Like, he died, bro. And I thought, what? 
Like, what? He died. Everyone was like, bro, my man died, bro. He got stabbed. He died. And I was thinking, yo, what the fuck? And it's this video is sponsored by Cranbrook Law, an award-winning immigration law firm. Their talented solicitors can help when any struggles arise regarding immigration law. They can help get you the visas they need. They can help get you the staff you need from any other countries. As you can see, the website is on the screen right now. So if you need anything to do with immigration law, message Cranbrook Law and let them help you. Whether you're looking to obtain a sponsor license, receive advice and guidance in relation to compliance and our civil penalties, or take advantage of our know-how and experience across a broad range of business visas, our talented and dynamic immigration lawyers are available to speak to you. Telephone numbers on the screen, emails on the screen, and hit the link in the bio if you need any help. It's so mad to say this because man was around crime, man was around road use, man was around the man them. I've never seen no one die. Yeah, you know I've never seen no one stabbed. I've heard things, but I ain't seen it. So I'm hearing the old man and dying. I thought, that's mad. But you know, one thing I always say to myself, I said, I wasn't there. I didn't see it. I didn't do it. So that put me at ease. I didn't do it, bro. Like, yeah, I, I was stressing, but I didn't do it. Nah, bro. A week later, detectives are at my house coming in, talking about arresting you for the murder. Did but, they raid your house? Do you know what's crazy? Like, they actually didn't raid my house. Like, remember there was nine of us. Yeah. The main youths that were directly involved in that actual stabbing, like, the, the group that was actually, like, yeah. there to... Not even, because obviously it was one person that done it. It was one stab wound in the back. As the guy was chasing him. One stab wound killed him. It was one stab wound. But what happened was where he stabbed him just under his left shoulder, it had like, I think it hit a pul pulmonary vein. And I found out later when in court, like if you cut one of those, You're you'll done. bleed out. You literally will bleed out. So I'm here, uh, cool. I said I got a nicked a week later, but on the build up to that, um, people are getting arrested. Like the main youths are getting arrested from my group. They're getting arrested. But... I'm hearing their doors are getting smashed in, bow, tasers, armed police, all of that. So in my head, I'm thinking, am I gonna get nicked? Like, but I didn't do it. I keep thinking, I didn't do anything though. So I didn't do anything, bro, I didn't do anything. And like, going to school was mad, because you need to understand, this happened on a Wednesday in May in 2010. I had to go to school the next day, you know, Thursday. And all day at school, I'm like, raw, like, that was the madness. I'm in class, I'm dozing off. Like, and you see me, like, one thing I'll say, like, a lot of kids, they're quite chatty, they brag. I was not chatting about this at all. This yeah. is mental. What happened? Like, I'm still processing. A man died, bro. So I'm in lesson. I think even that week, I had a one exam. I remember I was doing a GCSE exam. I was filling out the questions and that. And I was just like, yo, my man died, bro. And obviously, like, I didn't know who the guy was. Um, I'd never seen him before. I'd never met him before. But obviously, when people die, they put their faces on the news. And I just kept on thinking of my man's face. And I was like, the victim's face and I was just like bro that's mad I remember literally sitting in a GCSE exam filling in this multiple choice A, B, C, D I'm crossing B, C I'm thinking blood that was crazy that day was crazy bro but literally a week later I've come home from school like, I didn't think nothing of it I've come home uh, unmarked police car they weren't even feds like that they were detectives they were all in suits and that they wasn't even bearing them or nothing they were like are you da 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 I went, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're like, oh, can we just have a word with you, please? But then when they, when I realised they were police, I thought, oh, they're coming for me for this. But then I just felt like... Maybe they want to chat kind of thing. Not even that. I just felt like it wasn't me. So yeah. they might want to chat to me, but I can't go to jail, bro. I didn't do anything. Do you know what I'm saying? They're asking me questions. Where was you? This and that. And I can't lie to you. At the time, I just lied. I was like, oh, I was at football, you know? 
And they were like, yeah, wh- wh- who was you with? I was like, oh, I was with some friends. They're like, what friends? I was like, I don't know. Like, I just went to the park. Usually we link up, they got a football. We just play football. They were like, eh. They were being so polite. It was mad. They were being so polite. I said to my mum, like, my mum, see my mum, like, she was very laid back. She was scared, but she interviewed my son over a murder. I'm like, you've got the wrong house, mate. My mum was like, do you want tea? They were like, no, 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 no. And after about 15 minutes of them listening to my bullshit, talking about I went to a park for football, they were like, yeah, fortunately, we're going to have to take you in for further questioning. And then they've arrested me. But like... They put ha- me in cuffs. Put me in cuffs, but I hadn't been charged. Like, they never said you're charged yeah. with murder. They never said... They literally arrested me for something called violent disorder. And like, when they mentioned violent disorder, I had an understanding of, cool, what happened at the day that was called, that's a violent disorder, it's... Um, violent disorder basically means you're involved in an altercation or an incident where people within the public feel threatened or they feel a threat towards their safety. So that doesn't even mean someone has to get hurt. It can just mean you're just moving like a madman, running with a knife, waving a sword, and people in the public feel fear. Yeah. And I thought, cool, I got nicked for that. I'm in a police car. And I'm like, bro, like, this, this, this is mental, bro. Like, because it's linked to a murder, bro. It's linked to a murder. So I didn't... Bro, I didn't, 15 years old. Bro, it was mad, bro. Like, once again, I'm in my uniform. I'm always in my fuck... I'm always in my <laughs> uniform, bro. Like, it's mad, bro. Like, I'm in my uniform. I'm at the police station now. And then once I'm at the police station, I remember, like, because I'm a minor, you can't even be interviewed without a parent. My dad's come. When my dad's come, I'm like, hey, dad, listen. I didn't even do anything yet. I'm just going to, like... And my dad's like, no, solicitor, no. I was like, man, don't need a solicitor. I want to go home. Because you see the police, they're very smart, you know. Yeah. When I'm in a police car, they're like, if you didn't do anything, you'll be fine. You'll be fine. You'll be fine. Just, just you know, just tell us where you was. And I said, listen, I was playing football. But I just thought, at the end of the day, whether they believe me or not, I didn't do it. I don't care. Yeah. You can see through my lies. I didn't do it, bro. My dad said, listen, we've got to get a solicitor. Uh, cool, we've got a solicitor. This is when, this is when I realised the situation I was in. My solicitor started breaking down something to me called joint enterprise. And I'm like, what's joint enterprise? They're like, joint enterprise is when someone might commit a crime, but everyone holds the same sentence for that one person's actions. And in my head, I was like, nah, bro. You're telling the solicitor, you got it wrong, bro. I said, I didn't, nah, bro, not me, bro. Nah, bro, I didn't do it. I said, in my head, I'm like, I didn't do it. It's mad, I was having a back and forth argument with him, like, I didn't do it. He's like, it doesn't matter whether you did it or not, you need to understand the seriousness of what you're involved in. And like, basically, from there, I got police bail. So, I told you there was nine of us. I think three people, not even three, sorry, two out of that nine, straight away charged with murder remanded into custody so them two were 16 i was 15. i got police bail so two are in jail seven of us are on road we're all on road we had conditions not to communicate because obviously like we might you know make interfere up a, with the case interfere with the case blah 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 and then like i can't lie i was on bail for like two months i didn't think nothing of it so i've got this pending not even murder violent disorder it's not that deep of a it's a crime you can go to jail but it's not murder. So I yeah. thought, man was involved in a violent disorder. I might go to jail, but then I just thought, I didn't, bro, I didn't do it, bro. I'm not going to jail. Two months later, I got called in and then my solicitor let me know, this time, you're going to get remanded because that week, the seven that were out, one by one, when they're getting called in, murder, 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 murder. I went in, I got charged with murder and I'll be honest with you, like, it still didn't really hit me because I'm there like, but I didn't do it. I'm just going to ride it out. No comment all the way. I'm going to ride this out. I'm just going to ride it out. I went remanded. 
I was 15 still, went to a prison called Cookhamwood, it's in Rochester. I did about, uh, I remember I counted 32 days. I did 32 days on remand. Oh, stop. First day, 15 years old, mm -hmm. in prison, talk to me. Ah, uh, cool. So what Because realistically, even just from talking to you today, you're a mm -hmm. good kid. Mm -hmm. You're not one of them people who've come from a mad family, yeah. abused mom, abused dad, drugs, this, that, this. You weren't yeah. that kid. No, no, no. I weren't. Like, I weren't. As, mu as much as people would have thought listen, that. you could sit here and say, yeah, I was about it, this nah, and that, bro. but you lived a good life in I the sense that you was athletic, yeah. you was in a grammar school. Yeah, bro, I keep it real, man. I First. was literally on the bandwagon. Like I say, like I got drawn to that and boom, as a result, when you walked I in, you're like, rah, I'm in prison. Yeah, bro. So day one, like I'll take it just a bit before that. When you get remanded, you have to make an appearance in court and it's the judge that makes that decision. It's um, it's a... Uh, not Crown Court, the first court. Magistrates. Magistrates. I don't know how I forgot that. That's how long it's been. Magistrates judge. And he's like, boom, charge of murder. You are not getting you are not getting bail. Boom. I got remanded, yeah. So I realised, yo, man's getting jail. And you need to remember, I was a bandwagon you. I'm bad with a man them. I'm not bad on my own, you know. I'm 15. I'm a skinny kid. There's some serious... I don't know what jail's like. I've seen the films. It looks mad. looks mad. I don't know what to think on a sweat box they call them sweat boxes it's a circle yeah. van you've probably seen the white vans people that go to jail they get transported it's like a taxi for prisoners on a sweat box one newts come on he's from my ends he's like hey what god is that you i'm like yo he's like hey wait what are you coming coming cooking wood i'm like yeah 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 he's like ah oh, you're good man you're good bear the man over there you're good and i thought okay another youth's come on the bus bear in mind these youths they're not even from man's case or what i got nicked for these are just they're getting nicked for other stuff. Like I didn't realize how many people get nicked for thi things, and we don't even we don't even know. They don't really say, "Oh, I got nicked for a robbery. I got nicked for this. I got nicked for assault." So another youth's come on. He got nicked for something else, but he's in Southwark Crown Court for something else. He's coming on the bus. Hey, is that you? What on, hey? So now I'm like, oh, I'm comfy, man. I know these, man. I'm comfy. I'm good, man. Gone on the wings, and I'll be real with you. Like I say, like I was. I keep it like, man. I'm scared, bro. I'm scared, but. I'm leaning with these man. I'm, I'm with these man now. These men are big. They've been in jail for, they've been in and out of jail for a bit. They've got a bit of size. So I'm like, yeah, I've got, I've got to roll with these man. So it's like, even if I wanted to get away from the road stuff, now that I'm in jail, for my safety, I kind of still have to roll with these, with the man them. And I was in Cook and Wood. I did 32 days. I remember I still counted it. I did 32 days because my parents, they kept on applying for bail. So it's very hard to get bail for murder, but it's possible. Bear in mind, there was nine of us in jail for the one murder. Out of nine, four of us got bail because we were children and it's all about involvement in the crime. They know I wasn't even there. So yeah. I got bail, three of us got bail. We got electronic tag. Um, but even before that, 32 days, bro, it was mad. Like I remember just thinking, yo, like, no girls, no family, no phone. This was Blackberry days, BBM. I used to love my BBM, you know, bare girls, bare this, bare that. Like Facebook was my thing, bro, like, I used to love Facebook, no phone. Channel one to five, a thing called canteen. You can order food once a week, but you get, um. you're limited to how much you can spend. I was on remand, so you have unlimited, luckily. Um, but, pff, bruv, it was shit, man. I'm not gonna lie to you, like, I wasn't really scared because I knew people in there, but what I was battling with in my head was like, there's a potential, I might go to jail for this. There is actually a potential, I might go to jail for this. There was people in that jail, on my wing, who had been laughed off for joint enterprises. And they're telling me, bro, man got a 15. 
Man got a 16, I got 13. Just like you, I didn't do it, I got 13. And see all of that, that was that was messing me up, bro. That was messing up my head, man. Messing me up differently, like. How long was you on bail for? So, so remember, I did 32 days on remand, and um, what my parents were doing, they kept on applying for bail, they paid for solicitors, and then in the end, they granted me bail. My dad had to surrender like 15 bags to hand over 15 grand to the court. That was like um, kind of surety. If I run off, if I breach, money gone. I had to hand over my passport just so I don't fly out. Yeah. So man's on bail, they put me on tag. And I managed to literally go back to, so I'd finished all my GCSEs by then. Luckily, like by the time I got remanded, I'd done my GCSEs. When I got bail, I came out and a week later, I went to go collect my results. I got eight GCSEs, bro. I got two A's. I got an A star and I got two A's. One was in PE, uh, one was in drama. But I got A star in Japanese. Obviously, I'm half Japanese. You know, <laughs> that was easy. That's light for me. But um, yeah, man, like, I'm getting sixth form now. I'm studying AS level. I'm doing drama, doing government and While politics. You're on bail, on While time. I'm on bail, bro, I'm on drama, government, politics. Bail for murder. Bro. Bail for murder, bro. It's unheard of. What was your household like? Uh, what in general or no, when I came out? When now, you come out, what was your family? Cool. How, how so, did your family cope with the situation? <clears throat> What's crazy is when I went to jail on remand, I got close to my family because they. It was a wake up call that yo, we've been so caught up in our marriage. Sorting out our differences that we didn't even see what our oldest son was doing, and look what look what he got caught up in. So it kind of made them fix up my mum and my dad. It kind of made them fix up, and they were visiting me like all the time, two visits a week. And I started to realize, raw like when you go jail, no one's got you apart from your family. No one's got you. So my relationship, with my family, kind of grew whilst I was in jail. When I got bail. It grew more to a point where, like, I was on I was on tag, so I had to be in by 7 p.m. Parties, that was my thing. I used to love, bro, I was that guy, bro. I'd go to parties, bear gala on me. I used to love going to parties, get their Facebook, get their Blackberry, whatever, cool. I couldn't go to parties, man. I'm seeing Facebook videos, pictures, everyone's at parties. I'm pissed, bro. I'm like, ah, oh, everyone's doing their thing. But I said to myself, but I'd rather tag than remand. I'm rather this tag than being in jail. Do you get what I'm saying? So... I was on tag, I was on bail for like nine months, eight months, and then my trial started. Um, when my trial started, it was just, it was just, it just, it just looked messy. And when I say it looked messy, they'd done a lot of digging, they'd done a lot of homework, and then they basically started to make us realize that whether we did the crime or not, we are, they were trying to get us down. They wanted all nine of us left off. They wanted all nine of us left off. Um, different evidence is coming out. They're bringing up my stop and searches. That's got nothing to do with my case. They're like, look, he got stopped and searched 40 times in 2010. Um, so got stopped and searched 40 times? So, uh, 40 times in 2009. And I think about 17 times in 2010. And to 40 me- 40 times. Like, it was a lot, of but, but all right, cool. This Bro. Is, this was, it's a lot, it's a lot, isn't it? It's a lot, but, <laughs> but I wasn't, no, but this is what I'm saying. When I'm on my own, man don't get stopped and searched. It's when I'm with groups, bro. Like when I'm in a group of 10, oh, group of 12, they're pulling up, they're pulling up on us. And what they would do is they'll stop and search us, put us against walls, rag us around, and they'll just follow us. I'm saying, what are these not doing? Police car just following us. I'm like, these not bored, bro. We'll just run. We'll just all run in different directions. They'll catch us 10 minutes later. They stop and search us again. We say, bro, pulling out tickets. They have to issue you a ticket. They go, oh, you just search, man. Yep, but you came out of our site for 10 minutes. You could have produced a knife, could have produced. Man's just getting hit up, hit up, hit up. They're bringing up things like that. They're bringing up bad character. Um, my other coldies, co-defendants, people on my case, people on the trial with me, they've been jailed previously yeah. for other offences. They're bringing all that up. So they're building up a mad picture. So I feel like the reason I got found guilty of this murder was basically because the main reason I believe 
I picked up a knife and looking back now, obviously I shouldn't have, but it just it happened too fast. I was but in the moment. Even if you didn't get the knife, realistically, you're still joining the friends. Realistically, they were trying to, yeah, they were trying to get us down regardless. Like their job, prosecution's job was get as many men guilty for this M. That's what they wanted, yeah? And like, I think the main reason I got the murder was because the knife, because in the end, seven of us were found guilty, but only three of us were found guilty for murder. And I was one of those three. So what did the others get found guilty for? Uh, they got found guilty of manslaughter. So how did you get murdered and they he got, they got mur- because manslaughter? I, because I picked up that knife and I threw that knife and my prints were on that knife. The guys that got manslaughter, there was nothing to them. There was nothing like, there was just nothing on them. The only thing they had on them was, yeah, they you went there. went there. Yeah. For me, you had the knife. They used my athletics against me. They said, yeah, look, he's getting, uh, what was that? Because I was getting 23. I was getting 23 seconds or 200 metres, like 23 ones. And that's quite fast for a 15-year-old, you know what I'm saying? The world record's 19. I was only four seconds behind Usain Bolt on 200 metres, you know what I'm saying? Four seconds a lot in a sprint, but 15-year-old, yeah. like... And they were like, yeah, look, you're fast. You, you, were, you were there. You were, f- you were flying up with that knife. And then the grammar school stuff, I thought, that's good character. Let me say I run for a club. Let me, I go to a good school. You know what they said? Oh, so you got brains. You've probably fabricated evidence to make yourself look good. You knew better. You should have known better. That makes you even more dangerous. They literally flipped everything yeah. good I had against me. And obviously, that's their job. And I was like, wow. I, I wasn't sure where this was going. But at the end of the day, you give me bail. The fact that you give me bail told me, I'm going home, bro. Like, you didn't give my man bail. You didn't give him bail. Because, you get me? You didn't give them bail. You get me? But, like I say, in the end, seven of us guilty. I got the murder. The guy that done it got the murder. Another guy that was alongside him got, like, kind of a bit beside him when it the stabbing actually took place got the murder. And, like, in court, I could prove I was 200 metres away. I had CCTV evidence placing me 200 metres away. I had a live phone call. When I say a live phone call, as all the altercations kicking off, a woman describes me and she says, I'm right outside of her house, tall block of flats. I'm on the pavement. She described me to a T. I'm the only mixed race guy there. She described me to a T. And four seconds later, she said, oh, they've all just left the park. They've just chased the boy at the end. Bear in mind, the park is 200 metres. So in four seconds, I can't be there, bro. How can I be there? I'm not even running anyway. I'm just there because I'm still hyped up that I just chased them utes earlier. So I proved that. CCTV stills, I proved it. I'm not even there. It, 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 it didn't matter, bro. It didn't matter. In the end, the jury were made to return a unanimous verdict. Usually, it's, it can be a majority. Yeah. So if I put doubt in... So there's 12 jurors... If I can put doubt in three of their minds, if three say not guilty and nine say guilty, it's a hung jury. If 10 say guilty and two say not guilty, I'm guilty. So I only had to put doubt in three people's heads to say, nah, he didn't do it. And I would have like, it's a hung jury. The judge wasn't having it. He said, everyone must return a major- uh, unanimous verdict, meaning it's all or nothing. So the thing about being on a jury service, I don't know if the people have been on jury. You can't just leave. You can't say I've had enough. I've got kids. You can't. As as a civil civilian, you you owe a duty to the courts. And what I personally think happened was the trial was getting dragged out for so long. They just wanted to be over. They wanted to go home. They wanted to go home. So the day of verdict, like day of verdict, I'll never forget it. I've gone into court and they've called us all in. And we knew, yo, this is bad, bro. This is bad. I'm seeing women crying. I'm seeing women with tissues. They're crying. They're shaking, sniffling. I said, like, why would they be crying? If you feel like you're doing the right thing, why would you be crying? Like, I'm pretty sure if people were 
if the jury was sentencing Hitler to death, they would not be crying, bro. They'd feel like they're doing something right for the, do you get what I'm saying? But these are crying. That's when I knew this is going to go bad, bro. And yeah, man got the guilty. Got the guilty for murder. How did you feel when you heard the... Bro, I remember like, this is bad to even say this, like I had a Bible with me, bro. I slammed that Bible off the floor. I was so angry, like, but I was like, I was that like, broken. I remember I heard the guilty, and then like, you know when you just get humbled and you just shut your mouth? I just, I just, I just went, wow. I, I remember saying, wow. I just looked at the floor, bro, and I just threw my Bible. Was your mum and dad there? Yeah, bro, but I didn't even want to look at them. So when we were getting taken down by the jailers, I remember like, I just turned my back. I turned back, I looked at my mum. My mum was in pieces, bro. My dad's got his arm around her. She's just tearing up like, like I just felt, bro, I felt, bro, it was mad, bro. I went downstairs. I can't lie, when that cell door closed in the courts, bro, I was crying, bro. Pissed. I was. I can't even say I was pissed. I was literally just upset, bro. I was so upset. Like, man got found guilty for murder. I hadn't been given my time yet, but you already know what a sentence you're gonna get for a murder, bro. Like, I was just like, bro, I didn't even do it, man. This is mad, bro. And then um, we had to come back at another point for sentencing. They had to get like um, pre-sentence reports. They call it. They want to know like before the judge gives you your time, he wants to know about your life. Yeah. previously, before the crime, during what you did in the crime and what you're doing in jail. So we came back about f five months later. It was a long... So long you on remand for this point. So now I'm guilty for murder. Previously, I was on remand. Now I'm on something called judge's remand, which means you were found guilty of a crime, but you haven't been sentenced yet. So I'm in jail now. I've done five months in jail. That five months was mad because you can imagine, bro, I'm pissed, bro. I've a lot of fights. I got shipped. I, I think... I was in a jail called Ashfield. I lasted two months. Um, my brethrens were fighting on the wing. Some keys fling, flung down the landing, officer's keys. I just picked them up, man. I just thought, fuck it, I'm taking these. Like, I didn't even know what I was thinking. I just, you know, you're just moving mad. Yeah. I was, I, by now, I was 16. I was like, fuck this, I'm taking them. And I remember throwing them. <laughs> oh, man. A couple of hours later, my door got whacked off. Bow. They come with shields, video camera. They're like, yep, escape risk. They tried to say I was trying to escape, bro. So that's gone on my file. Imagine all before sentencing, so the judge is gonna hear about all this. They said I tried to escape and I got stitched up. I was in the block for like a couple of weeks, got shipped out, went to another jail, Warren Hill. Um, I got put in an escape suit as well. It's like a jester's outfit, like a clown jester's yeah. outfit, escape suit. I was going Warren Hill, going on a long-termers unit. Um, so I wasn't laughed off yet, but they knew I was about to get laughed off. So they're like, you can go on a long-termers unit as long as you behave. I was on there, I was settled, I was cool. Got into it again, um, some Utes, two guys, they beat up one of my friends. So me and my other friends are like, fuck this, we're gonna get my man. And we planned it for like three days and we caught him, got him in the survey, like done him, done him up, done him up badly still. Went to the block, this is all in the space of like four months. I'm just in a block, in a block, in a block. And then I went to a jail up north, uh, Weatherby in Leeds. And um, I had to go for sentencing. So they shipped me back down south. I got my 12 and what's so crazy is like, in that five months of being in jail before my sentencing, I had basically prepared myself to get a big bird. When I got my 12, I was relieved, bro. Like, I was like, oh, I was expecting 15, I was expecting 16. I got a 12 and like. So why didn't you do like half or something? Oh, so basically, or or so most people, when you get a sentence in this country, you do half of your sentence. Yeah. And the reason you do half, you do half your time in prison, in custody, and the other half you do it on license, which means you've got meetings of probation, like you're on license and you're still, you're still in, you're still part of the system, but you're on road now. And um, with a life sentence, so basically when I say 12 years HMP, I basically got laughed off. And to break down what laughed off means, like people think, oh, that's not life, you got 12, it's now, nah, bro. 
when you get laughed off your whole life, you spend your whole life in jail, you get minimum tariffs. I was given a 12 years minimum tariff. So when man are like, I'm going home in four months, I'm going home in five months. I didn't know when I was going home, I was allowed to apply for parole, which basically means I have to put a case why I should be released into public in 12 years. It wasn't guaranteed I was going home. So I basically had no release date. I had no release date. Oh, so when they say 12, they say ba- they're basically saying minimum 12. Minimum 12, bro. Like, I could I could have still been in jail now. If I had a fight before my parole, I'm done out here, bro. Another two, come back in 24 months. That's what they would have said to me, literally. So being a lifer in jail, it's a massive, like, it's a massive, it's, it's, a, it's hard to get your head around it because you don't know when you're going home. Like, I'd always say I'm home in 12. I'm not home in 12. I can apply for parole in 12, which means if I mess up along the way, closer to parole, safe. Don't even bother, and like, yeah, that's the yeah. Basically, I got twelve. Yeah, I got twelve, and then um, this is in August two thousand eleven. I got my twelve, and that's where my journey started, man. Literally, I was seventeen now, and like, bro, it, it weren't easy, man. I started off in the juveniles, fifteen to eighteen year old jails, um, a lot of fighting, man. I can't lie to you, a lot, a lot of fighting, bro. Like they're proper hostile environments. Like, I see a man get beat up for wearing the same trainers as another man. Like, he wore the same Air Forces. The guy said, what? if you wear them again, I was going to crash you. The youth thought, I'm not a dickhead. He wore them again. He got smacked up. And the thing about juvenile jails... They're wearing they, the same trainers. They're wearing the same trainers, bro. Mums, my mothers. That's when I wow. said, yeah, this is this, this is, is a, a different world, bro. Yeah. Like, the roads are crazy, but you need to understand, like, you're not all shoved into a building. This is man from all Hackney, Tottenham, Brixton, Peckham. Everyone's in the same building now. Everyone's in the same room. And it's like... It's a hot plate, bro. Like the littlest thing, you're getting beat up. And Mad- everyone is crazy. And a lot, like I say, juvenile. See, to go jail at a juvenile age, you, you're a bad kid, bro. You've been sent to prison and you're not even 18. So that was full of the most. That was just gang- it was ganged off, ganged off. Everyone was a gang member. Like, everyone was a gang member. When you get to older jails, you start to see like them organized crime guys, the guys in suits that do mad yeah. things, bricks. You might see rapists and that. You might see. You see all sorts of crime. You might see junkies in jail, yeah, but yeah. in juveniles, gang members only. And it was a hot plate of the, it was a hot plate, bro. The littlest thing, man, are fighting. And one thing I tell you about juvies is like, don't think you're having a one-on-one, bro. You're getting rushed by 12 men. You're getting rushed by 10. I see a man get his head kicked in by a whole wing in Feltham. And it humbled me. I said, bro, man got rushed by a whole wing. And like, I couldn't even see the you. I couldn't see him. I just saw everyone trying to kick. They were hitting each other, trying to get him. But that's the pack mentality in them jails. Like, no that's one. Just, they just want violence. They just really, want, bro. It? Everyone was on violence, bro. Yeah, bro. Like, even me, like, I've had a lot of fights, but I've never been, do you know what it is? Like, I've always been able to navigate. Like, I don't start trouble. If I got to back myself, I got to back myself. But there's certain men, I can't lie. They just want men to know they're that guy. They just punch him out left, right, and center. I saw a lot of madness, bro. Turn 18, gone to young offenders. Okay, there was more fights in juveniles because men are immature, but the violence in young offenders was crazier. And when I say crazier, it's like, there might not be 10 men rushing one now, but it might be two men with shanks, two men with knives, two men with a brick. I knew a man that had a brick, bro. He's the role of a brick. I don't know how he got the brick. When it's that time, he's pulling a brick. He's coming out of a brick. I used to think, bro, young offenders is long. I see a man get stabbed, a man get hot-watered, a man get hot-oiled. Like, when I say hot-oiled, like, you know, like uh, vegetable oil, yeah. cooking oil, and then boil it in a kettle. And they call it ghee in them dispersals, dispersal prisons, like the ACATs, the, the high security prisons, people getting hot watered. Once again, I got into a lot of fights, but man always navigated. When I say navigated, it's like, I'm never, 
I'm always on point and I'm always like cool with people. So I'm cutting true. I'm doing my little thing, but I'm cutting true. And like, yeah, them three years I spent, I spent three years. I've been, to, you know, I've been to 13 prisons, you know, my sentence, 13 prisons. And like most of the ship outs were security ship outs, meaning my behavior led me to yeah. get an instant ship out. Means I get grabbed by officers. I get handcuffed. I get, <laughs> I get bent over. <laughs> my head's down. They're holding man. They're restraining man. They're taking man to the segregation. Segregation is like a prison in a prison. Like you think you're in jail, but when you go seg segregation, the block they call it, the shoe, the chokey, all the films they call it. Like you're alone, bro. You're literally alone with your thoughts, and you're spending literally 23 hours. Come out for a 10 minute phone call. 20 minute shower, you're doing 23 and a half in that cell alone, your own thoughts, no telly, yeah, that's hard. no gym. And bro, you're just sat there in your thoughts. And like, a lot of times I go to the block. Like, is that the same as a block? No, it is the block. It's oh, the block. So block, segregation yeah? is the block, okay, innit? Okay. So a lot of times I'm down there, obviously I'm down there, like, I've either beat someone up or I've been caught with a phone or whatever. I'm down there, but I just used to think, man's not even meant to be here, man. Like, and it's, it's so depressing, bro. Like, I'm there and I'm like, I'm not even meant to be here. Like, fam, I shouldn't even be in jail. Like, it was just, bro, it used to break me, man. I used to always come out on some, like, I used to come out with more aggression. I can't lie. Like, it's not healthy for you. I used to come out mad aggressive. And, like, it was only a few years ago they made it illegal to put kids under 18 in segregation. Like, that's been removed now. You can't even go because it's illegal because it's what it does so to you so mentally. Much. And I spent months down the block, man. Like, that time I told you we beat up that guy. Yeah. Fam, I did a straight two months down there. They didn't even let man back out. They really punished me, bro. They really, like, we beat up, like, one of the star boys, innit? You know, like, the, yeah. the, the, the golden boys. We beat him up badly. They they violated me. They were, they were dieting, man, and that. When I first got there, they were giving, man, like, two, two potatoes on my meals and that. And I was thinking, what's this? And it's like, they're like, yeah, you have what you're given. And bro, being 16, it's like, man's not really arguing with a big wham ex-military officer. I'm, it is what it is, do you know what I mean? And I just had to hug it, man. But like, yeah, man, it's, it's, it's not healthy. easier as you got older? So as I got older, I learned like, you know, you know, you know how you navigate in jail? You just know what to do, what not to do, what to say, what not to say. Do you get what I'm saying? So I was good with everyone in a sense of, I was always doing things like, even when I was in jail, you start doing patterns. When I say patterns, like man's getting weed, man's getting tobacco, and like we're making our little drink, making our little peas, we're doing our little thing. But at the same time, I had to make sure before I start doing this, I gotta make sure my man them are with me. Yeah, yeah? man them are with me, because I don't care what anyone says, you can't do nothing on your ones, bro. Can't, especially in them environments. Like, everyone's hungry. You get pounced on, Is you know what I'm saying? People are hungry, bro. Like, People get jealous. The red eyes ruined Joe. You, the red eyes ruined Road, but in jail, Jesus, it's in their face, isn't it? Like on Road, you might see a man on social media and get jealous. In jail, you're seeing him every day walking past you. Triggering you. Triggering you, bro. Triggering you. And like, had my little squad doing our little thing. But like I say, man, with money, it always comes violence. It always comes to this guy owes my 500 pound. He owes my a bag. Man can't look soft. If he owes my bread, if I can't let it run, we've got to do something. And then I'll do something. I'm in the block, I'm getting shipped out. So I lost the peas anyway. Yeah, so it it's just, it's, it's a cycle, bro, it's a cycle. And then like, yeah, the three years in the wilds was crazy, man. How, how, when did prison get easier? Prison got easier for me. Prison As you got, got older? Prison got easier for me when I got older, but I think like, I started doing music when I was like 19. This was still in the wilds, but this is when I say like, I was good with everyone because I'm doing music, man's writing, man's rapping, man's singing, and like, 
people were really resonating with my music. My music was like pain. I'm just talking about got life. I was a kid. One of your music it. videos went viral, no? Yeah, so basically, this was a bit later on. This was like, at this point, when I'm talking about 19, when I started, I didn't even, this is 2014, we didn't even have phones. There was no phones. My, I was in a high security YOs, no phones. Security were very on it. Like, they were beating man up and they were battering kids, beating us up in there, yeah. Beating you up for the littlest. Smoke a spliff, they're punching your face off, bro. So, it was a techie thing where I'm doing music, but it's not getting out there. No one even knows what's going on. As I've got older, gone to the adult establishment, they're a lot calmer. Officers treat you a bit better. I think like, because you're a bit older, you're a bit more, you're, you're, you can get wham, they wham you, utes on steroids, all of that. They know like, psh, I can't bully my man, he's a big ute. They're more, they treat you more like a human, I think, in adult jails, I would say. They bully you in the kids' jails because they're just bullies, bro. I think that's why they do that job, just to bully kids. Do you get me? I don't know what happened to their childhood, but they just want to bully people. Here's what it is. Adult jails now, there's a lot of phones, there's a lot of this, there's a lot of that. I'm rapping on the wing, I'm winning talent shows, I'm doing Black History Month. I was even in a band. I'm performing to governors, I'm performing to visitors. And like, people are like, what, ain't you got no music out there yet? I'm like, no, you know, you got no music out there. So there was a one day, my brethren's like, yo, you need to you need to drop something, man, you need to drop something, just pull that iPhone. He's like, drop something, man, drop something. I said, nah, man, I can't, I'm, I'm a lifer, bro. Like, what do you mean, drop something? He's like, cover up, cover up, just give me some clothes. Boom, I was covered up. I dropped one freestyle that I wrote like a week ago, but everyone on the room was like, bro, that's the coldest. I've dropped it, and when he said, um, he's got the video, he's filmed it, and then basically he's like, yo, give me your people's numbers and that, like, and I'll send it to them. I've, I've given my, I think I've given my family, like, my mom, a couple people's numbers. Everyone's like, hey, this video's good. Do you know where that video ended up? Bro, that video ended up getting sent to loads of guys in my jail. I'm on free flow. Free flow means when you go to education, when you go to gym, it's movement. So when you leave your wing, this is when like f like a thousand prisoners are all walking at the same time. People are like, hey, that video's hard, that video's hard, you know, that video's hard. I'm thinking, right, how does everyone know? You need to remember, I'm a lifer, bro. Like, if these things come out, I might not go home. That's the difference. Like, there's a lot of men in this day and age, even this year, a couple of men I know, shout out them, man. They've blown up, bro, from these jail videos. They've done their thing, but... Where my situation is different is I will not be getting released if I get found out that I'm doing these things. So when everyone's finding out like you're doing your thing, I'm stressing like, right, why does everyone know? Next thing you know, my video's on YouTube, bro. Someone's uploaded it on YouTube, one of my boys. But I was pissed, I was stressed. But he's like, bro, it's doing numbers. He didn't tell me when he first put it on. He waited about a few weeks and he's like, bro, your thing's doing numbers. I said, what do you mean? It did like 50K in a week, bro. I said, 50K? I said, yeah, it's, bro, it's going off. Look at the comments. So, like, when I managed to get on the phone, I'm like, right, this thing's going off, it's going off, it's going off. When it started gaining more traction, other blog pages are throwing me up. I think street blogs, they uploaded oh, yeah, my freestyle. Yeah. It was called HMP Life Sentence in a Song Part 2. Um, HMP Life Sentence in a Song Part 2. Um, street blogs threw me up. Then it took everyone to the actual video on YouTube on my other boy. He does podcasting now, Delinquent Nation. But... The video was blowing up, blowing up, and I can't lie, the comments, everyone's like, this guy needs to go home, he needs to get signed, real pain. Cause you know what it is with me, like I do music, I do real music, and when I say real music, I'm not trying to say people ain't real, but a lot of man will glamorize the good things. And like, my music was therapy to me. My music came through pain, through suffering, through trauma. So I'm just being honest, I'm throwing everything on paper. I'm talking about my relationship with my parents. I'm talking about, what went on with my parents, what went on with me, how I felt. I put everything out there. I put all my emotions out there. That's why everyone says it's like one of the realest freestyles that's how ever many, been. How many views released. did it hit? So currently it's on like 1.1. Oh, for mil. real? It's on like 1.1 mil. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I checked it the other day. 
one million one hundred sixty-seven thousand million. Yeah, it's still on. It's still on YouTube now. Um, it's called Life Sentence in a Song Part Two. Yeah, HMP Freestyle Life Sentence in a Song Part Two. But yeah, that thing's still doing mad numbers. But I started doing more vids now because you see, I was shook before. But now it's like, yeah, because man's covered up. Something in, they can't do nothing to me. Anyway, I'm fully covered up. I got comfortable. I did a one video now where my f eyes are hidden, but my nose and mouth is out. Ah, oh, a few days later, do you know what happened? Gov's on my wing, bust my door. They're like, yo, we've seen your video. And I'm like, what video? I I'm not on no video. They're like, listen, we know it's you. We know it's you, man. We've seen your video. I'm thinking, raw, like, no, no, no. They were literally in my room for like, they didn't do anything to me. But they come to tell me like everyone knows it's you. We know it's you. But like at the time, like I was on, I was on the servery. Um, servery means you're serving food to the prisoners, and I was the number one. Means I was basically the manager of the food. I controlled the numbers. I controlled who got fed. And at the same time, it's like it's a big job to take on. It's a lot of stress. I can't lie. Like not many people make it, or not many people even get given that position because you have to. You have to have patience, bro. You can't punch up every every guy that doesn't want chicken. You know what I'm saying? Like, you have to keep composure, but you have that to have something true. about you to be able to let man know, bro, we've run out of chickens. You can't take that because my man won't be able to get one because if he takes that, I've got to beef my man over it. So it's like, I'd rather give it to someone I know than you. I don't know you. But long story short, because I was good with the govs, it was like a warning. They were like, look, we've seen it. I'm not going to lie to you, man. This is how tapped I am. Like, I started to see the views. I started to see the comments. I carried on, bro. You got invested in the I carried on. I carried on. But where it bit me in my ass is because I had to go for parole um, for open prison. You get to go for a parole to get to yeah, open yeah. prison. DCAT, no? DCAT, yeah, it's called DCAT, basically. Um, category D. So at the time, I'm in a category C prison and my parole's coming up. I didn't even get my parole. The maddest thing is, like, they never really gave me a reason to why I didn't get it. And when I say I didn't get it, I didn't even sit parole. It just never made it to paper. And what like confused my head was like, my solicitor was like, I don't understand how this has happened. But when my thing was basically like turned down, um, an officer that I was cool with, um, he used to work in security, but he just literally said to me, he's like, I'm just letting you know, you didn't get it because of your viral video. So I was in two minds. I was like, raw, like, they can't prove it was me. I was covered up. They like, it's just music. I'm not promoting violence, this, this, that. But basically like, because they couldn't really do anything to me, like sanctions, adjudication-wise, they made sure I didn't get my parole. So from there, I was in two minds, like, do I carry this on? Because I'm seeing all the views, I'm seeing the ratings, I'm seeing this, I'm seeing this rapper repost me, this blog page repost me, and I'm thinking, what should I do? And literally, like, I just went with my gut. It sounds so crazy, but like, I had such a hunger to get my music, my pain out there, I carried on. Just I making those videos? Bro, I just carried on, bro, like, literally just carried on, and like, it got to a point where the officers on my wing would make jokes like, aye, the next time you do one, get me in the background. Aye, that video was sick. Like, and I was just thinking like, am I in jail right now or am I <laughs> on road? Like, this is mental. Like, and like, throughout the last few years on my jail sentence, I had like a mad status where like, everyone just know, knew me to be that, that rapper. Were you still getting moved around or? I was, so by now, um, I was settled. I was in a jail called HMP The Mount and I was settled. I wasn't getting moved around. But like, like I say, I feel like if my music was violent, if it was promoting or glamorizing any sort of violence, it would have been a different outcome. But like I say, my music is from the heart. It's talking about pain, isn't it? It's just, it's pain, it's real rap, it's real music. You're you know not what I'm sitting saying? there talking about gangbang. Nah, like, literally just gangster. like, oh man's, I'm putting it out there. I'm talking about, yo man cried when this happened. When my girl left me, this happened. You get it? Like, I'm talking about my mum, my nan died, my mum got cancer, bro. All these things happened in the space of a year, bro. So.
Yeah, man. So yeah, I just I just thought, what am I gonna do? Am I gonna mope about it or am I gonna carry on? And I can't lie, like I wanted to make it in music so much, I literally risked my freedom by carrying on doing it. <laughs> How long did you have left to your sentence? Um, so I had like two years left. Still a long time. Still then. a long time left. But like, what I did was I was just I just stopped doing it in my last year. But by then, like, it's mad because the way the social media works, you know, like once you get a buzz, you gotta roll with it. Momentum. But I couldn't roll with it because my parole's coming up. I gotta start fixing up now. So I left it at that. But I feel like where the music was so real and people were fucking with it, they liked it so much. The views just kept on, kept on growing, kept on growing. I took a back seat my last year, chilled out. My parole's come up. Had to sit a parole. So if anyone doesn't know what a parole is like, you have to sit in front of a board. There's three members. Um, there's a main member. That's like a judge. But there's three people on a panel. I'm sat on my solicitor. Um, and basically, I have to plea my case to why I should be released. Bear in mind, like, these people, they don't know me, but they read up on my case. They've dealt with people that have been in jail for murder. They've dealt with people that have done the murder. So when they're looking at me, this guy's been in since he was 16. He didn't do it. I felt like they had a bit of leniency. Like, they, they, these people are normal people. They've got hearts. Like, they've got kids at home. Do you know what I mean? So that parole started from 9 a.m. I didn't leave that building till 3. I was getting grilled, like, like, not even in a bad way, they're just doing their job, but they asked me every little thing I'd done, every little fight, the first fight I had in 2011. So what was that over? Why did you do that? What was this over? Why did you do that? Why did you get caught with this porno? Why did you have that weed? Why did you do this, like, it was mad, like, and they literally grilled the life out of me, but I just had to remain calm, keep composure. And obviously, like, at the end of the day, like I say, I didn't kill anyone, but I still show remorse in the sense that someone died, do you know what I'm saying? Someone lost their life, like, it could have been me, and I still show respects like towards the family, victim's family, like I'm a grown man now, yeah. innit? so times have changed, I've matured a lot. So I had to take responsibility. I couldn't always say I'm a victim, I'm a victim. Like at the end of the day, I went there, innit? I was naive to know what would happen, but I went along. I chose to get caught up in that stuff. So I kinda had to just, <coughs> I kinda had to just roll with it, do you know what I'm saying? I had to roll with it. That parole, I can't lie, that was, it was mad, bro. It was mad, like I've, it felt like I was on trial all over again, it was mad. Six hours of grilling. Um, when did they give you the answer? So I think that had a, they had a 21 day window. And on the 22nd day, my OMU uh, caseworker, probation officer that works in the prison, yeah. she came to me. She had the biggest smile on her face. She was rooting for me because she, she knew about my music as well. <laughs> I think everyone knew about my I don't even know if the parole knew, but everyone knew what a man was doing. But it's that music, in it? It's pain music. Like, whether you like rap or not, like, I'm talking real things. I'm putting my emotions on the line. I'm saying it all. But she come to me with a bigger smile, holding paper, and I knew, I knew. I was like, whoa, man's going home. Like, bro, I've been in since 2011. Like, man's going home. And what was it really like when you actually left prison and knew I'm not going back? Like I say, everyone says this to me, like, it don't feel real. Like, even when I got told I'm going home, it don't feel real. And the reason I say it don't feel real, I'd been in jail so long, yeah, I forgot what it was like, you know, to be free. When I say, you know, like when people are going home and they're gassed, they're like, hey, man's going to do this, man's going to do that. It's a dream to me. Like, it sounds good, but these lot really know what they're going to do. In my head, I was like, what's it like, bro? Yeah. Like, gal, sex, but what's it like? How, Did you miss that nice? whole, whole bro, missed, social media? Missed out on everything, bro. Like, I've never drove a car. I've never had a job. Like, I missed out on a lot of things. So for me, it's like, 
I'm excited, but it's like I, I couldn't I couldn't understand it. Do you know what I mean? I couldn't understand it. The day come, I got released. I'm getting released. So obviously, I, eventually, I got told I'm going home. But I didn't go home straight away. Like I still had to imagine I still had to wait two months. Still had to wait two yeah, months. That's probably the best two months of your life. You're knowing I'm in two months. No, nah, but like it was mad because, bro, like I had I had outbursts. I had that. Like, I, I I nearly lost my parole and that. Like I I was getting like little things would tick me off and like people say like oh. Batman's institutionalized, he wants to stay in. It's not even that, it's like, I'm going, you told me I'm going home. When am I going home? Because they still hadn't given me a date yet, like, of my release. So like, yeah, yeah, you're going home, but there's still more. There's another window now, anyone that objects, another little 14, a 20, another 21 days. So no one objected, cool. Then I'm waiting, I'm waiting, I'm waiting. And you see that pressure, like, that's when people, I've seen it go left, like, you know you're going home but it's like when am I going home when am I going home now that you've told me the best news of my life you got me waiting bro every day you got me waiting and like I literally had to keep my composure there was even a little few incidents on the wing bro like I could have lost my parole I could have lost it I snapped out at offices I got mad but like I say everyone that knew me and knew my situation they only wanted the best for me do you know what I'm saying and like at the time the jail I was in the officers I can't lie like I had such a good rapport with them they kind of like made sure I went home. Like little things that I did, I got caught with a USB. I had all my beats on there. The officer found it. He just said to me, "Listen, I know this is for your music and your little porn, but just don't, I don't want to see it." And like even something like that, a USB. Well, I wouldn't have gone home, bro. I would have done another year for a USB. Do you know what I'm saying? So I was treading on like I was treading on thin ice, but eventually I made it out. And yeah, they bust my door, bro. Like they're like, "Yeah, you're going home. Pack your stuff." And it was crazy because the whole wing was going mad. Like, I, I, people behind their door, I shout, come, 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 come. I can't lie, like, everyone's like, don't you want to go home? I'm saying goodbye to everyone. Everyone's like, go home, bro, what are you doing? I'm like, nah, but I got, ayo, ayo, someone shouting me, yo. I literally was on the wing running around for 10 minutes, giving out clothes, trainers, trackies, hats, duh, 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 giving all my stereo out. And then, yeah, getting checking out for reception. They're reading me my license conditions now. And like, now it felt real. That walk from the wing, getting escorted by the officer to reception, because you have to check out the prop, all this and that. Then it felt real. I was like, yo, man's going home, bro. Man's really going home. What was the hardest part to adapt to when you got home? Obviously, you missed out on everything yeah. from 16 to 28. So I'll keep it real. Like When I first come home, I'm gassed. I'm happy. I'm over the moon. My family picked me up. See my friends, I'm seeing this, I'm seeing that, I'm doing this, I'm going, I'm going nice restaurants, man's going. I've never heard of Mayfair, I've never heard of Knightsbridge, I'm eating a Novi, eating a sexy fish, I'm doing it like, man, am I treating me, whatever. So I'm, I'm nice, I'm happy for a good month, but reality hadn't really kicked in yet. And when I say reality, the reality is, bro, I came out of jail 28 years old, like, I'd been in since I was 16. So all my friends or people I knew, they've all got seven year old kids, they've got two daughters. They got businesses, they got cars. Like man, man st even to this day, I don't drive, bro. Like I still ain't even done my driving. It's pending, but I, I don't drive, bro. So everyone's doing their thing, and it's not like man's jealous or man's hating. But bro, I went into like a serious depression, like a serious depression. I started to realize, yo, like man's done a long time. Like when you're in there, you're in a different world. It's like you're in a different planet, bro. Like I see things on social media. I see people growing up, but see till you get out and you, it slaps in your face like yo, like I've got a, I've got a little two bags, two grand to my name. Man, man's got forty grand on his wrist. His car is seventy grand. 
he's got two yards, he's doing properties, and it makes me think, wow, like, how do, how am I gonna get there? How am I gonna, how am I even gonna? And yeah, man, I went, I went through a mad stage of depression when I started to realize, la, like, I really lost my life, like, and like, yeah, man, I had like, I went through a mad phase, like, I didn't know what to do. I was thinking like, that's when these thoughts start coming into your head, like, oh, should I go do this? Yeah, yeah. Should I go back to my old ways? This ain't the right thing, but should I go do that? Because if I do that, I might be able to get 10 bags, 10 grand. Should I go do that? I might be able to get a little quick 20 grand. And then that's when I start to realise, like, if I want to catch up, play catch up, I'm risking my freedom once again. And do you know how how I would feel if I got recalled? That would have broke me. Absolutely broke me. I've done 12 years for something I didn't do, and I'm going back in for something I did do this time, but then it's just like, oh, what, am I coming out of my 30s? How am I yeah. So I just, it's, it's it's not been easy, but I've been out for what, nearly a year? And like, yeah, I'd say like now I'm in a place where like I'm settled and like, you know, like I know how things work. Like I'm, I'm just, yeah, I'm back in society, man. But like, yeah, it, it's not been easy. I can't lie what, to you. What's going on with you in your life right now? Me and my life Talk right to us now. about that. What, what's going so on? So at the moment, obviously, from prison, I was doing these viral videos. I was doing the freestyles, this and that. Uh, I've been out for a year. Um, I've just been dropping, bro, dropping music, music videos, freestyles here and there. I won a competition. I won a talent show, Hardest Bars, Joey Clipstar. I won that. I won that in like two months of coming home. Literally, I was on a stage performing to like 100 people and like the loudest cheer won. I got the loudest cheer. I won, bro. Like, I've been doing things like that. Um, Currently, I actually work for Law Reform. So if you don't know what that is, um, I basically work with organisations that are like trying to fight for justice. So one organisation that I've been working with closely um, is called Jengba. Um, stands for Joint Enterprise Not Guilty by Association. And like we've been doing things, we do outreach, we go to like schools, we do talks in pupil referral units. And like we try to raise awareness of what Joint Enterprise was because the joint enterprise law is still about to this day. It got abolished in 2016. They made a thing about it. Oh yeah, it's gone, it's out. I didn't get out. I didn't get appeals. No one got appeals. One man got out and they just closed the door on everyone. And even this year alone, about eight kids from up north all got lifed off for one man's actions. So this joint enterprise thing is still real and it's still out there. So we're trying to raise awareness. Um, we get f we get funding from different um, organizations that want to help, but we work alongside um, IPP for justice yeah, yeah. for IPPs, um, Howard League penal reform. So, yeah, at the point where I'm at now, I basically do music. Um, I still rap about things that have happened to me, things about my past. But music is my end goal. Like I love music. That's my passion. I was doing it for free. I was doing it to get through my jail. I was doing, it was my therapy. It was my out. It was my outlet. It's how I got my pain out. So I do music. But at the same time, um, I'm I'm working closely with like people in the House of Commons, Lords. I do public speaking and yeah, literally I'm just trying to like, I'm just trying to make sure people don't really go through what I go through, especially young kids. And I'm trying to raise awareness because like I say, I did not know about this till I was in that police station yeah. and my solicitor's breaking it down to me. It doesn't matter whether you've done the crime or not, you could still get life for just being there. Remember, I wasn't even there 200 meters away, but they didn't care, like I say. So that's where I'm at now. Yeah, I just feel like I'm trying to do this music thing but I'm also like doing activism at the same time. Like an activist, not a radical though. Man's not on the, you get me, let me just make that clear. Man's not an extremist, <laughs> but man's doing activism. So yeah, I'm just trying to fight and just raise, speak for the people that can't speak. There's man in jail now, joint enterprise, 30 years. Like, and they're going to come out when they're old and it's sad, but like, if I can do a little something to help them, you know, get reform, get a law change, get things overturned, I feel like that's, 
that's what I want my legacy to be. Do you know what I mean? I want my legacy. Well, listen, to you be. can do that through your music as well. Hundred percent. So like even through my music, I've inspired a lot of people, man. The bigger you get in music, the more mm-hmm. your say is, the more clout you get, the more 100%. followers you get, the more your word spreads. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Like I've. I've inspired people, I've woke people up to a sense where there's people that didn't even know about Joint Enterprise through my music. It made them think, right, what's this? They've looked on websites, they've gone here, they've gone there, they've signed petitions, they've tra- they're trying to get on board because like I say, I'm out, but I'm not free. I'm still on license, bro. I'm on life license. I'm on license for the rest of my life. So technically I'm not free. You know what I mean? Like the littlest thing, I'm going back to jail. So that's scary in itself. But so are you allowed to travel? Um, current, at the moment, I can't travel. I have to wait about two years before I can start traveling. But um, I, I, I w- I'd like to travel. Of course, I'd like to travel. But at the moment, I can't travel. But um, eventually, I can travel. And yeah, I think traveling would be good for me. Going on holidays, going here, just just different experiences. Like I say, like I was happy to go Mayfair, Knightsbridge when I first come out. I'm, I'll be over the moon when I go Jamaica, Thailand, Japan again, Ghana. You know what I'm saying? So. Yeah, that's all to come, man. And like with the music, um, I was wearing a, so like when I first come out, you probably when we spoke before, yeah. like I was wearing a mask, and you asked me why was you wearing a mask, and like with a mask, it's like I don't know if people know about this, but when you come out of jail, I can't speak for everyone. For me, I was paranoid. Like I felt like everyone knew I was a criminal. Like I felt dirty. Like I go into places, and I feel like everyone's looking at me. Everyone's security guards are on me, and I just felt very paranoid. So I was not prepared to come out after 12 years and just be rapping on YouTube and everyone's like, oh, that's my man. Cause I, I'm paranoid. Like I've had altercations, incidents in jail. Like I've done things to people in jail. I'm not trying to get, you know I mean? I just come out and get hit. Like, you know what I'm saying? I'm not trying to get attacked in, in, in Tesco's when I'm doing shopping, that was long. But like over time I felt like I'm a bit more comfortable with my surroundings and I'm a mature man now. I mean, I'm not a kid anymore. Like, so coming out was mad because you need to remember I went in as a boy yeah, and I literally left them gates as a man. That's so, one of your bars, no? Yeah, 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 that's what I'm saying. I went in as a boy, I came out as a man. So for me, like, what's crazy is I, I knew who I was in jail. I knew who I was in jail. But I did not know who I was when I came out of jail. I was lost, bro. I was absolutely lost. I was like, who am I? Well, listen, you missed out on some of the most important years of your life from yeah. 16 to 28. That's what I'm saying. You start driving at 18. You start going clubs. You clubs, start like, bro, all right. that stuff. You, know what I'm saying? you missed out on it. Missed out. Bro. But at the end of the day, your life's not over. No, 100%. Like, I always like to end my podcast on positive things. Your life's not over. You're 28. You still, you're not, you're not dying tomorrow, bro. No, nah, of course not. Of course not. But you're not dying tomorrow. You got years left. You got hundred percent, man. Just, I always say to everyone, just because you've had, let's say you, you had 12 bad years of your life. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean the next 50, 60 ain't going to be the best years of your life. No, of course, of course. And me, like I say, like man's end goal, I love music, but I'm not just trying to stop at music. I'm just trying to do what I can to not only raise awareness, but to inspire, bro. Like at the end of the day, I've got little nephews, we've all got family, we've all got young kids that might be involved in the roads or that might live in the ends and they could potentially fall under certain things, get caught up in a joint enterprise themselves. So 100%. if I can raise awareness through my music, if I can do my activism stuff, I feel like, yeah, man, it's, it's, it's something positive that like when I do die, I ain't dying next year, I ain't dying tomorrow, but when I do die, I can die peacefully knowing that boom, man did them 12 years in jail. I served all that time, went through all of that, but I just turned it around on its head. Managed to turn it around. Listen, that's that's what it's all about. And I'd say I've had over 50, 60 guests on here now. And like I said at the start of the show, mm-hmm. every single one of them comes on. And the reason they're on the show is because they turned their life around. That's what I'm saying, yeah. 
And that's what it's all about. Listen, everyone makes mistakes. People like you, you didn't even make a mistake. You, that's, that's what I'm saying, bro. Wrong time, wrong time, wrong place. Let's say, mm-hmm, but basically, yeah. it's all about the end goal. Of course, the, the start. It's not where you start the race, where you finish the race. Of course, course, course. And look, listen. I, wait, let's wrap it up on something positive. The yeah. younger generation out there watching it, what you got to say yeah. to them? Positive, like, like I say, if anyone out there, if you got a dream, you got a passion for something, I'd say keep going. Because like I say, I was in jail. 2014, music wasn't popping how it was today. Like, I wasn't writing to think man's going to make millions. A lot of people do music nowadays because it's cool, it's trendy. Man was writing to just get through my jail. That's what kept me sane, bro. Like Doing shows, performing to man on the wing, letting people know. like hey, I was bringing happiness to people. So, And I've stuck at that for 10 years coming up, since 2014. So younger generation, anyone out there, if you've got a talent or a passion in anything, stick at it. And if you know that's for you, stick at it and just keep going because eventually you'll get somewhere. People recognise and good energies. Listen, everyone, like, like we spoke about this earlier, when you've got good energy, other good energies flock together 100%. and we all come together. Do you know what I'm saying? And ending on a good note, I've released a five-track EP. Um, it's called The Previous Life. It's out now. And like that's like my final... I named it The Previous Life because the bars, the lyrics I've written for them songs, I previously released all of them through jail videos so oh, you might see some of these freestyles scattered around they might be on different instrumentals but this is when I was in jail and I've redone all my songs a lot of the viral songs and yeah I've called it the previous life because that was my previous life and I feel like that's like how I've closed the chapter on all the jail stuff and like music that I push out from today onwards is all going to be like my current life so yeah go stream that up man well listen everyone links are in the bio for him go watch his go listen to his music yeah Listen, it's been a pleasure having you on the show. It's been a pleasure having you. You're yeah, my first too. ever murder, lifer. <laughs> murder, lifer. I know you don't like being called a murderer because yeah. obviously you didn't do it, but lifer. Yeah. Of course, of course. Pleasure yeah. having you on the show. Guys, if you enjoyed it, make sure you like, comment, and subscribe. We'll see you on the next one.